Ugh, another pointless video call where nothing gets done. I think you're on mute, David. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. What did I miss? IT just approved Miro for the whole company. Miro? That's the... Online whiteboard. For team collaboration. We can make these long video meetings so much shorter with Miro boards. We can share ideas, feedback, and updates on them whenever. Actually see what we're talking about. It's all online. Miro will make our flexible work setup so much easier. With one virtual space for our brainstorms, projects, presentations. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. So I don't need to wake up for 6 a.m. calls with the London office anymore. Now you're getting it. Don't let time zones get in the way of your team working well together. See why 99% of the Fortune 100 trust Miro to get good work done from anywhere. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Boys in the Band podcast. But before we get into this one, we've got a quick message from our sponsors. Now we know that out there we've got lots of musicians, we've got lots of producers, fellow podcasters even listening into these episodes. And I'm sure there's plenty of you out there who deal with audio files on a regular basis as well. And if you do, you know that it's easy to get lost amongst all of the various demos and versions of a file. Yeah, indeed. And we've been in touch with a new tech startup called Orcs, uh, who are looking for beta testers for their software. Anyone who signs up gets 10 gigabytes of free storage and the ability to easily share their files with collaborators and discover like-minded creators. Yep, so if you've been frustrated by the clunkiness of storing and sharing music, then head to aux.app forward slash boys in the band. That's A-U-X dot A-P-P slash boys in the band, all one word. Sign up today to become a beta tester for their software and get that 10 gigabyte of free storage. Yep, get on that. And thanks very much to Orcs for supporting the Boys in the Band podcast. Uh, speaking of which, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello and welcome to another Boys in the Band podcast bonus episode, another My Naughties number one album. I'm Pete Smith and as ever, Rich Gallagher is with me. How are you doing, Rich? Yeah, very well, mate. Thank you. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed the Kooks episode from the weekend. It's uh, really, really good to have such a seismic band on the pod and uh, yeah. yeah a couple of lovely chaps really enjoy chatting so Hugh and Luke uh, really nice guys yeah had some good laughs with them didn't we it was uh, a yeah. band yeah we've been trying to get on for a little while and uh, finally managed to land them and yeah lived up to the billing good guys yeah, yeah really good guys I, uh, I I suddenly remember when I saw Luke on the screen that I've got a good picture of me, me and you from when I bummed into him on the train <laughs> once. Um, and I'd completely forgotten about it until I actually saw him on, on, on the Zoom call. Yeah, we were actually both going down to, to a Kooks gig. <laughs> we were on the train down from London and uh, to the seaside, obviously, as uh, <laughs> lots, of, lots of their gigs uh, head down towards. And uh, I saw him on the train. He's like, Is that, that's, that's, Luke. that's Luke. Surely he can't be go, going down on the train on his own uh, to the same gig I'm going to actually watch him at. Uh, it's in the middle of the afternoon and he was obviously going a different route to the rest of the group. And uh, yeah, I left it just as we were about to get off the train before I uh, <laughs> plucked up the courage to go and ask him for a selfie, which uh, in them days, you, you know, you didn't have the, you had to hold the camera around the wrong way and all sorts. So it was a, it's not the best of shots, but yeah, not, it reminded me of a, a fun moment of traveling down to the south coast uh, with, a, nice. with the lead singer of the band I was going to see. So yeah, good times. So when you say bumped into, you actually mean harassed stalked and then harassed 
Well, I wouldn't quite feel like that. I, mean, maybe, I d- definitely didn't stalk. We just happened to be very close to each other. And then, yeah, maybe I did harass him for a, a moment. But uh, I, put, uh, he, I then gave him some advice on how to get to the venue. So, uh, yeah, I, I did my bit. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, obviously in that um, chat with the Kooks, we talked about the release date of uh, that first album, Inside In, Inside Out, coinciding with the Artsy Monkeys. And... Well, we're about to find out a couple of albums that they really loved from that Naughty's era. But Rich, you've got something to say about this, haven't you? Yeah, I was going to say on the pod, you know, they were, they were going on to some really good detail and um, I didn't want to interrupt them. But just, yeah, I remember that day quite vividly of going down to the record shop and buying both albums and yeah. uh, you know, playing them loudly. And I can picture that uni room that, that, that I spent a couple of years in at university, uh, blasting them out in stereo and saying that... Um, by that point, you know, the Arctic Monkeys had built up such, such hype, but their, their songs had been around for months by that point. You know, the demos from Under the Boardwalk had been there. And mm. so we'd actually heard it all pretty much by, by the release date of the album. So it was actually, while I went out and bought both albums and was excited to play them both, I definitely played that Kooks record way more, um, certainly in those first, first few weeks, you know, getting, in, getting into that album, because I knew all the Arctic Monkeys ones already. And and yeah, just remember getting really into the albums, you know, hearing that that riff of naive and thinking, oh, this is special. And even tracks like Matchbox, yeah, just loved the, the songs off that debut album and played it to absolute death. Yeah, absolutely. And as we said on the pod, it's definitely one that was soundtrack at uni. It was in every bar and club you went into and uh, always on the radio back in the flat as well, in fairness. So uh, yeah, couldn't get away from them back at that time. But what were Hugh and Luke listening to back in the day? What two albums from the noughties would they pick out as their favourite let's find out it's uh, one two three panic. room on fire <laughs> uh, fair enough sorry yeah. I thought we might say the same thing so no, yeah fair. panic go I knew you, you go be, man I knew you'd say that but um, <laughs> that uh, panic prevention Jamie T I was oh, thinking, yes. thinking about it so much it's such a good fucking record but also he was like, if you think about what kids have these days, they have Ed Sheeran. Like our Ed Sheeran was Jamie T. You yeah. know, that was like, wow, what a transgressive, creative mind to to be rattling around the indie scene and the pop scene and club scene and the blues scene. We picked him up from the 12 bar club in Denmark Street and took him on his first tour with Larrick and Love and I think the Mystery Jets and mm. you know need I say more that that was um, a fun thing yeah uh, but he was a he's a great artist still is and um, yeah totally yeah, special special talent for sure yeah and teasing new music as well which is very exciting because he's had some big gaps between his albums isn't he recently um but yeah that panic prevention i think we've spoken about it quite a few times rich we absolutely love it yeah yeah, love it yeah yeah huge album and he's so talented yeah so so many huge huge songs on that record and like i say just so unique there was was nothing else Mm. like him and don't think there is has been since really yeah he's really uh got his his own his own unique sound um yeah we miss it come come back jamie quick (laughs) (laughs) exactly we're waiting yeah. You got a favorite favorite tune off that first album, you? Operation. Yeah, yeah. Good energy Salvador. in that one. Isn't it? Yeah, Salvador. I mean, they're all amazing. Mm-hmm. They're, all, they're all amazing. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, the, it's the phenomenal album. And we used to put that on at every mm. fucking house party. Every and every mm. time it would just get the whole room singing. 
like that was our Ed Sheeran, but it's just so, it's so not Ed Sheeran, but it's so, (laughs) I don't know, it's just such a strange (coughs) living now, you know, Mm. such a strange world, man. Yeah, the acoustic bass guitar as well, distinctive sound with that, yeah. Well, when when he toured, when he toured with us, yeah, that's, he just used to play with the the bass guitar. Yeah, yeah, incredible. So, Luke, did you say Room on Fire, The Strokes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think The Strokes, if you have to put a Strokes record in because of the influence, I think it was an amazing... Um, there was a really good back and forth between New York and London of the indie thing and The Strokes. Um, <clears throat> I just, I mean, is this it really, Is I should say, but Room on Fire means you, I just, we... we, we uh, definitely listened to that record a hell of a lot and it, it definitely influenced our our band quite heavily um but you know i've been because I, I i was like very strictly like bob dylan leonard cohen um you know like like beatles buddy holly i was very 60s uh and almost like kind of militant and and until the strokes kind of broke that for me and um very important band for 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 the coots and so both those records yeah 1251 was my favorite off that did yeah. you guys uh, did you guys do a reptilia did you do that on a live did, lounge yeah. Or somewhere? yeah we had, well actually was, i think it was the first song we ever played live wasn't it because we did we we worked on like we had like soap song and we had a couple of other of our ones mm. but we when we we first performed um at concord 2 um which is massive venue. I mean, it was like unbelievable <laughs> playing at Concord too. Still, I mean, amazing venue, but like just amazing uh, when you think back, like that was, um, I remember looking out and thinking it was just like, whoa, you know. Yeah. Um, and we played Reptilia, yeah. We rehearsed Reptilia and Eternal Flame, Eternal Life, Jeff Buckley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we Not rehearsed. Flame. <laughs> 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 that would be a yeah, great Jeff cover, Buckley, yeah. Man. We used to listen to Grace, like, every oh, fucking day, man. That record's insane. What talent. Yeah, incredible. Um, but, um, yeah, Reptilia. We, we, we should do it live again. We, we've never done it since, I don't think. This is a sort of... You know, the strokes obviously repeatedly come up, and it's I think it's something that me and Richard, sort of music like fans, listeners, uh, obviously love that band and think they're really important. Mm. But as musicians yourself, was it like that that you know this band emerged from America and it was like quite inspirational for you guys or influential in terms of the way yeah. you then went on yeah, to make I, your I, own music? Yeah, I actually I personally don't think it's said enough about how influential that band was, and mm. I think <clears throat> they. In my, I mean, my way of viewing it, um, yeah, there's, there's no more influential band of the last 20 years. You know, it's just, um, it was all about the strokes. Every, uh, you know, they were so important. The, the, you know, the, 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 the way they made quite, almost electronic at times and, and quite modern, but sound, but with the carefree attitude and, and the 60s retro it was just like mm. unbelievable. and the style the style the clothes you know what I mean like mm. all of a sudden we were like yeah so I, that's how I feel about it I think that there's no one more influential uh, to, to the indie music scene than them good stuff excellent guys two great albums Room on Fire and Panic Prevention thanks for coming on to the podcast guys it's been really good fun it's been wicked thank you for having yeah. us
So there you have it. Yep. Yeah. So Hugh from the Kooks chose Panic Prevention by Jamie T, another favourite of ours. And uh, Luke picked out Room on Fire by The Strokes, and another you know, hugely influential band of the time that we've spoken a lot about on this on this branch of the podcast. Uh, but first time I think we've had this album picked up. Pete, is that right? I think so. Yeah, I think the standard choice is to go for Is This It, isn't it? But yeah, Room on Fire was very good. And I said, as I said on the pod, 1251 was a song I absolutely loved. I just thought that was pure genius, that song from them. And, it, you know, talk about bands struggling to follow up, uh, you know, a big debut. And I thought musically, I thought Room on Fire was excellent. So great effort from those boys. And I really just... I take, quite often take the opportunity to tap into these bands and, and find out a bit more about their feelings about the Strokes and Luke there describing them as the most influential band in the last 20 years um, and, and talking about the impact that they had on the Kooks and the way they approached music themselves, the way they dressed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, um, yeah, it just amazes me really sort of the, the impact that this one band had on a whole generation of bands that came in the next sort of 10 years after yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely massive, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, musically, you know, we've spoken to plenty of bands who, who were inspired by that debut album and the subsequent records, of course, like like Luke mentioned. Um, but yeah, the, the fashion thing jumped out at me actually because, you know, I do picture that that enemy cover with them, with that very first sort of glimpse we got of the Strokes and just that the fashion that they sort of uh, were presented, we were being presented with was. I didn't. I don't think there were that many people dressing like that at the time. You know, maybe there were the real cool ones, the real indie kids who were out there dressed like that. But then from then on, you know, they basically sorted out what was on top shops uh, racks for the next ten years based on mm-hmm. what the stroke looked like. And and yeah, I never really sort of thought about how much influence they had to the fashion world as as, as well as the music world. Yeah, cool dudes, aren't they? Really, yeah. just uh, oozed that sort of New York American cool. Yeah, and, and the way they spoke, the way they talked, the way they sort of held themselves on stage as well. They just looked, yeah, like they were, they knew exactly what they were doing and uh, absolute experts at it. And it would look so easy for them as well, didn't it? But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure yeah, a lot yeah, of hard work went into it as well. But, yeah, um, and then Jamie T as well, great shout. I think, I think we might have discussed this before. I think you said that would have been your album, Rich, if you were doing this yourself. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's one of those you sort of uh, fluctuate sometimes between uh your favorites of certain mm, things but yeah, yeah kind of, it's hard yeah. to pick one isn't it? We, we've talked about how much we love love jamie as an artist and, and that album is just absolutely fantastic and yeah yeah one that i, I do still love uh shout along with in the car i'd, lo- I'd love them <laughs> to do, redo that tour though with uh kooks larrikin love mystery jets and jamie yeah. t yeah, uh, jamie yeah, t on the ba- acoustic bass guitar as well i think uh bring that back for this uh nostalgia tour that would be yeah, fantastic absolutely. wouldn't it yeah because yeah, because uh, uh, looking back through the old photos of the kooks that I was looking for, I, I, I saw that, yeah, I saw uh, Jamie T support the kooks down in Portsmouth. Uh, and I've mm. also seen Jamie T support the Maccabees down in Portsmouth as well. So, yeah, he was a, a, an amazing guy to have as a support act back in those, uh, those mid 2000s. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where, he then, where he then elevated himself to. Yeah, yeah I must have told you before there. about the gig where Mystery Jets were playing and uh, yeah. the warm up act, not on the stage, not on the same stage as Mystery Jets, but the warm up act in the bar. In the side room was uh, Jamie T on his acoustic bass guitar, and uh, rather unhelpfully, his uh, amp packed in, and uh, well, no one could really hear what he was singing. Uh, you could just about hear the sort of the thump thud of his bass guitar, and uh, thankfully, me and my mates were big enough fans that we could sort of lend our own voices to <laughs> his song, which I'm not sure if 
he really appreciated that or not. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a uh, yeah technical nightmare for him that night. But uh, yeah, what a good. Uh, it just shows how far these bands come, doesn't it? From the sort yeah. of this tight knit group that they were all together, these bands getting on so well together and starting off in that scene, and the amount of brilliant bands that were out there that in the early days they were supporting each other and all them scenes together. There was a what was that shared on Instagram the other day? Was it Jack Panate sharing? Um, yeah, the lineup with him, Adele, Cajun Dance Party was on the list, Kid Harpoon. Yeah, mm. great little lineup on there. Actually, just turning up for that. Yeah. Keep you entertained all night, wouldn't it? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I hope you enjoyed our chat with the Kooks. Hope you uh, enjoyed their two selections. Maybe go and give them a listen. Room on Fire by The Strokes, Panic Prevention by Jamie T. And uh, we'll be back very soon with another podcast with a band from the Naughties who soundtrack the Naughties. So we'll see you next time. You can't always see bad weather coming, so it's essential that you're able to see through it when you drive. Michelin wiper blades with advanced technology hug your windshield like a Michelin tire hugs the road, channeling away water, snow, and ice so you can see clearly, drive confidently, and breathe easy. Michelin wiper performance, clearer than ever. Upgrade to Michelin premium wipers today at Walmart, Amazon, and other fine retailers.